Oh yes, hello everybody and welcome to The Brink. Well, I should say welcome back to The Brink because it uh, has been quite some time since I've been able to utter those words in what you are now listening to as the very first podcast-only episode of the former number four breakfast radio show in all of Hobart. My name is Ben Waterworth. If you are not familiar with my voice, probably a good thing because you either uh, just have been living a normal life and don't like Survivor, James Bond, Formula One, the Olympics, Eurovision, or live in Hobart and listen to a station that nobody else listens to. But uh, it is so exciting to be able to bring back the brand of a radio show that uh, lasted for a good uh, 10, 11 years in the radio sphere of Hobart, bringing you a podcast only and very excited to be back on the airways for the first time since January 2015 and a lot of things have happened since but a lot of things have happened for the good as well and it is going to be a pleasure to be able to bring you so much content with the show now moving forward we can certainly get away with a little bit more than we could back when we were actually on radio and uh, we can say words such as shit and fuck which we could never say on air before and if you weren't expecting us to swear already then perhaps uh, you don't really know anything about uh, any episodes that I have formally produced. But if you are, for some reason, tuning in for the very first time to The Brink, you have no idea what we talk about, and you've looked at this logo and thought, well, that's a quite a fancy-looking logo, Hobart's Voice for Inclusion. Well, why would I listen to a radio show or a podcast based in a little city in Australia that nobody really gives two shits about? Well, uh, you're going to be pleasantly surprised, because we don't generally always talk about Hobart. We talk about a lot of things. You're going to hear a lot of things already in this very first episode, podcast episode, I should say, and uh, we cover everything from sport to news to attempting to be funny and everything else in between. And on this very first episode, you're going to get a taste of everything. We're going to bring you a wide variety of things. We're going to go back in time. We're going to bring you a average of one flashback per episode to let you know what we did used to be like when we were on the airwaves in Hobart. But we're also going to bring you new segments. We're going to bring you guests. We've got a special guest already lined up who you're about to hear from very, very shortly. And everything else in between. It's fun, it's exciting, and as we like to say here on The Brink, it's brinkalicious. Now, that is a word that you will hear a lot whenever you listen to this podcast. Again, if you're coming to this, you have no idea what you're in for, learn the word brinkalicious, because you will want to use that in your everyday life. Perhaps you're listening from another country that isn't Australia, and you're thinking, wow, his accent is amazing, I really want to go out with him, then think about the word brinkalicious, because that is what you would use in any day life. Use that in more than conversation once, you will easily get laid. Very simple, it works. Well, maybe not for me, but for other people... It does. But uh, so exciting. And as already you know, this show is going to be completely crazy and completely weird. If you're tuning in and you used to listen to The Brink, then hi, mum, how are you? Uh, And to other people who did used to listen, uh, it's good to have you back. But uh, as I mentioned, things will be slightly different because I am just about to leave Hobart. So here I am talking about Hobart's voice for inclusion. And for some reason, I am taking this on the road to not even record from Hobart, which probably doesn't make too much sense. But maybe I'm going to make it Hobart's international voice for inclusion, because I can not only take the brink on the road, take the city on the road as well to really entertain people and and educate people about this tiny little hamlet of a city on the Derwent River in a state called Tasmania, which, yes, there are Tasmanian devils, 
and spread it throughout the world. So uh, at the time of recording this, this very Friday, I'm getting on a plane, I'm venturing to the big smoke of Melbourne, and from there it is on to varying other places, not only in Australia, but around the world, and you're going to hear all about it. So I'm going to be bringing you guests galore, updates from varying events and other things along the way to which you are definitely going to learn a lot about. So just a bit of a teaser I thought I would give you, uh, and you will learn a lot about that, no doubt, bit in this episode and throughout the upcoming episodes as well, just as a bit of a, as a taste as to what you're experiencing, whether you're an old listener, a new listener, or somewhere in between. Maybe you just saw this and go, I remember that show. I used to listen to that on the way to work. It was really shit, but maybe they're better now. And you're probably already discovering that really not much has changed since 2015. My voice sounds the same. Still annoying as hell. And really, he doesn't know what he's talking about. That probably sums up the brink in a sentence, if I have to be completely honest. But you'll learn that as you go along. And there's plenty to come in this episode, so stay tuned for that. I do want to give right now a special shout-out, though, because uh, this is something we could never do when we were on the air in Hobart. We weren't allowed to really tag sponsors. We weren't allowed to mention names uh, and sort of, you know, get get into trouble, basically. It was kind of like, no, don't mention that. People will think it's cash for comment. This is a podcast. We're doing this on our own with no payment, nothing at all. We can say and basically do what we want. And one thing that I want to do is attract sponsors. I'm going to kind of do the opposite. You'll hear me drop names of companies and places that perhaps I would like to be sponsored by along the way. And any of those who happen to be listening, if you wish to contact me, please do. And I will happily accept any payment anywhere up to $5 billion. And that will easily help us along the way. So I was actually going to tag our podcast server in wooshka.com, not just randomly drop like McDonald's because they have great burgers. Although obviously McDonald's are probably going to listen and give us some money for the next episode. But in all seriousness, quick plug to Wooshka because when it comes to podcasting, you've got to find a server. You've got to find somewhere to upload it. We've done that via Wooshka. So within the opening few minutes of this episode, I've waffled on about Jack All, I've tagged someone, and I've also mentioned McDonald's. That is how we're going to roll on the Brink 2.0, the reboot of the fourth favourite show in the history of Hobart Radio. We're up and firing. We're excited. Let's move the show on. It is uh, a great honour to be able to bring you this very first episode, uh, well, the return, I should say, of The Brink. It's uh, been some time, as you've already heard throughout this episode, but it wouldn't be an episode of The Brink if we didn't somehow bring back somebody who was involved with the show that wasn't just me. And one man that was involved in the show from the very foundation, the very day that we were born, way back in 2004, was uh, the man who, at that time, didn't know the song that was playing looked to me and said Ben what is the song that was playing to which I'm on the other side of the desk unable to see the computer gone no idea Josh and to which he's panicked and gone let's go back to the music after weeks and weeks of training hours of meticulous planning that day getting ourselves into the zone and within 30 seconds our radio careers could have been over and for some reason about 12 years later here he is on this episode of the return of the uh, greatest radio show that nobody ever listened to, uh, Josh Shoebridge, <laughs> welcome to The Brink again. I'll uh, tell you what, that's one uh, one story that I don't think I'll ever live down. <laughs> and to reiterate 
I'm not the only one that's had that particular <laughs> incident. I think that happened to you as well a few weeks later. Never, no. But um, yeah, but no, yeah, that, that 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 did happen, and it probably would happen again if I didn't know. What the hell. <laughs> I tell you what, the computer system they use back in 2004 was antiquated for that point. Well, let's be honest, Josh. I was in that studio only a few weeks ago. I don't think they've really updated much since 2004. <laughs> um, we can sort of say that now. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're not affiliated with them anymore and we can back them out as much as we want because this is, and this is going to probably reach a bigger audience in 10. So, ooh, ooh, no, we are we're, we're very grateful for uh, Edge Radio for our long-standing careers on that station. But uh, yes, it's exciting to have you here on this uh, debut. I don't know what we're calling this, whether this is the first episode or something. I mean, it's just kind of like, you know... It's the is reboot. It... It's, it's what happens when um, Sam Mendes takes over. Well, the <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. We're just going to be in the Day of the Dead Festival and, um, you know, Blofeld's going to return uh Yes. Who's our Blofeld? Is it, um... Well, um... Sergeant Porcupine? Well, yes, exactly. (laughs) Speaking of James Bond, download 007 via the, uh... Sorry, I just had to put in the shameless plug. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what we're going to call it, but, uh, it's exciting to have you back on the show. Uh, I mean, it only seemed... Like, 18 months ago, I was talking to you saying this is the end, because that's basically how long it yeah. was, 20 months ago. Yeah, uh, did you ever think that, I mean, we'd be doing this again? I mean, really, well, our, our points of our lives where all of a sudden we've got nothing else to do except bring this uh, cruddy little show back? Within the next 12 months, both of us will be 30. <laughs> no! No! <laughs> take that back! And Why and, to the days when we never used to disclose our ages on air and all of a sudden you're dropping these secrets, Josh? I, Don't I, do I, that! I, I googled my name the other day and I still found the bio <laughs> saying that I used to host Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? in the Caribbean or something like that. Well, you did. So, no, was it no, Barbados. I think that's where you put me at. Just like I was a former Olympian in synchronized swimming. Um, <laughs> you know, you had to do... You had to do I, I, I just let's be honest, you had to do big things to get people to listen to Edge Radio. If they thought there was a former synchronized swimming champion as a host, people still didn't listen. So. <laughs> that's exactly right. But, but what, I can't even remember what I was going to say now. But saying all of that aside, I think the, the timing of... Of the events for tonight uh, being quite quite interesting, I, mm. I think I let you know I was coming down last week. You did well. I think you you tried to call me a couple of times. We should really establish that yes, Josh obviously moved away. Uh, Long term listeners to the Brink. I mean, if yes. you if you're just discovering this podcast, I'm like, oh, what's this? The Brink on iTunes. This yes. is exciting. Wonder what this is. Uh, back in the day, Josh obviously was in the studio with me. Uh, went and did a whole life changing situation. So you I, know, I converted to a religion that starts with M. Yes, he is a Muslim, and he um, <laughs> he's wearing a hijab right now. It's quite <laughs> off-putting. Uh, Pauline Hanson is nowhere near this studio right now, uh, former guest of the show. She doesn't want anything to do with it. Uh, yes, you know, did the whole falling in love, having kids, you know, just the usual thing that yeah, people the, the, do in life. Usual, usual rubbish. I don't know what that's about anymore. That's why I brought this back. I've done the opposite. I've fallen out of love and hitting the road and running away from things. But he went, he left. Yes. And, and I'm visiting. He's visiting. again. Just as I'm about to leave and, and, and it's like they're not like, all right mate i'm gonna like, this is what happened I, three hours ago i text message him saying i'm in the area you want to catch up tonight and he's like yeah yeah, yeah okay we could record the first ever reboot of the brink i'm like hell yeah that's called the universe that's timing uh i will actually be honest though you did message me and say what are you doing and i said watching the brown low and i said want some time uh, so- i escaped a tornado of terror <laughs> to completely date this podcast which again we don't really give two hoots about what we do uh when it comes to this sort of stuff uh we are literally watching patrick dangerfield 
win his Brownlow medal right now. So. That's it. And the Wags. I think that's what I'm watching. <laughs> yes. Well, apparently you are. So, uh, But, you know, you've come obviously back for a couple of weeks uh, in the, what did you just say, the terrifying tornado or? The, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, <laughs> the demonic plague that attaches itself to my you marriage. You just got to hope that your lovely wife is not going to listen to this episode or, nope. of course, no. All right, well, then we can say what we want to. Um, I'm going to say hello to her, but uh, clearly not. We won't. Uh, oh, she just doesn't care. I will congratulate you, though, Josh. You did become a father again. Uh, yes. Not that long ago. Reals. Yes, so you now have two two spawns. Um, yes, two major, amazing kids. Yes. Like, seriously, they're amazing. I, like, when Star Wars Celebration comes to Australia... Alex is going as Yoda. Right. I'm going as Luke Skywalker. He's going to be on my back. Okay. Because that kid absolutely loves Star Wars. The only way to settle him down if he's having a tantrum, come watch some Star Wars. And I'll back that up because I did recently visit you in the beautiful Marimbula. Yes. In the Bigger Valley on the New South Wales coast. Beautiful place. That's it. Um, we can obviously talk up places a lot more. We can mention sponsorship names because we've got to suck up and get sponsors. That's going to be a big thing with the brink now. So like, That's exactly right. Josh, you're drinking a can of Mother Energy drink. What a great drink Mother is. It's it's amazing. Like It's so good. Drink Mother. And, and that beautiful <laughs> glass of empty that you've got. <laughs> uh, it was a juice. Anyway, but uh, so, yes, you uh, at the time had to go to an appointment with your wife and uh, you made me look after your son, Alex. Yes. I know nothing about kids, all right? Like, I have a nephew. I, like, see him once a week. That's enough children for me. Um, so, anyway, so I'm like, oh, shit, what am I going to do? I can swear now, too, by the way, if you haven't realised that. Shit, shit, shit. Go hard. Um, I'm like, you're just like, oh, show him YouTube, show him Star Wars videos. So I've literally sat there, pulled out the phone, typed in Star Wars, and he's just sat glued to my phone watching Star Wars. You've trained your children well. We did the Tahune walk today, and he was walking. I had the backpack that we were going to put him in, but he's so freaking heavy. So he was just walking around... And he was getting a bit bored, so I gave him a stick. And the first thing he goes is... <laughs> he goes, he goes, stop, 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 stop. You, he got bored. You gave him a stick. <laughs> yes. That's parenting 101 right there. Yeah, your kid's your kid being a little shit. Give him a stick. <laughs> no, well, I gave him a stick. And he, he, he's like, Daddy, me lightsaber. Pew, pew. <laughs> he then goes and finds another stick and goes... Daddy, your lightsaber. We fight now. So for a good kilometre of this walk, I had him chase me saying, me get you, Daddy. Pew, pew, with his stick. I think you've just solved parenting because, like, it's getting to that time of year where parents are like, oh, what do I buy my kids? It's Christmas time. Get a stick. stick. Put it in some paper. Here you go, little Johnny. Have a stick. You know what? Back in the 70s, some dude decided to put a rock in a perforated box and he made heaps of money. That's I'm true. going to do the same with sticks. That's true. I'm going to I'm going to set up a store in wherever I'm at at the time and say for Christmas, give your kid a stick. <laughs> it's the little jingle. Get your kid a stick this Christmas with Sticky the Stick. Yep. See, see we haven't changed at all. We just come on here and start talking about one thing and we get to this is called the random segment where we start from one point to the other. You know it's been over two years since we actually recorded live together? That's kind of sad. And we're still 
exactly the same. <laughs> this is why this is why nobody listened to us. This is why nobody is listening to us except for Mum. Hi, Mum. Um, but <laughs> other than that, although I will say we, we've put the announcement out today. The Brink is coming back. You know, we got some feedback. We got, hey, great, the Brink's coming back. And you know, other than that. It was quiet as it used to be when people didn't used to listen to us. So, yeah. um, <laughs> at least we're not in a fish tank. Well, that's true. We're people who we wouldn't want to associate with outside of our <laughs> celebrity. It, it was. It was. It was quite funny though. The the days where like. Um, because, like, for those who have no idea what we're talking about, Edge Studio was at the University of Tasmania. So it was quite near some classrooms, and, you know, you'd often get, towards the end of your show, people coming out and just... Well, not coming out. I mean, I'm sure they they could have. Like, I mean, hey, everyone... Yeah, we've got nothing against it here. No, not at all. Please, come out as much as you want at uni. That's what you do. That's but they mean. would sit around the studio because they were waiting to go into their class, and they would literally walk up to the window and kind of think it was, like, double-sided glass or something, and they would just stare at you as if to say, like... What what are they doing? Who's in there? What's whatever? And you sort of wave them like hello, and they're like oh hello. Like well, the thing I didn't like about it was the people who who I knew who I don't particularly enjoy their company would be standing in front of the mirror, smiling like Goofy from Disney, going hi, hi, Jazz. <laughs> That, I like cheese. Is that a direct impersonation of anyone in particular? I'm not going to name names because I don't want to be attacked on social media regarding certain peoples. Well, okay then, fair enough. Uh, just give them but a yes, stick. But yes, <laughs> yes, I, I am referencing a few people. Okay, okay. One thing I actually, on, a, on an absolute serious note, um, like 100% serious, we can be serious on this show. You and I broke the death of Michael Jackson. We broke the news of the death. We didn't break Michael Jackson. Like, we didn't kill him. But, like, we we were on air when well, that happened. I, I so. say that to the say I had nothing to do with his death. I actually... I did not want ratings that day. I had people come up to me still, well, one person, uh, and said, you will always be the person that told me Michael Jackson died. I'm like, okay, thank you. Yeah, I, I had that happen too, that one person must have found... Found us both. Exactly. But on a completely serious note, um, since we've obviously gone off the air and come back on the air again, very, very good friend of ours uh, from the brink, uh, Hobart slash Tasmanian media legend uh, Tim Franklin, Mm. obviously sadly passed away. um, And I actually, because I at the time was at my other job, and I actually had to report on his death, which was hard. I had to cover his funeral and all yeah. this sort of stuff. I told you that, but um, it's still shocking. I mean, it's been nearly 12 months, I think, since he died. And I should really mention, again, to people listening to this who have no idea who Tim Franklin is, um, I mean, he was just uh, an icon of the media. Ta- yes, Tasmanians. Tasmania does have media icons, besides yeah, myself and you. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he'd been around for, for decades. He uh, hosted countdown shows on TV and on the radio. He won Logies. He, like, interviewed, you know, like, I'd been to his house and all the memorabilia he had in his house. He interviewed Michael Jackson. He'd, he'd interviewed, you know, Bon Jovi, Elton John, you know, was friends of all these sort of people. And he was just an icon of Tasmania. And, sadly, last year, towards the end of last year, he passed away. So... From us, we weren't on air, obviously, to be able to talk about that. But, I mean, memories of Tim. I mean, we oh, had a very long history with Tim from the days I, of bagging I, him I, out I, to being very good friends I, with him. I remember the, the day uh, I was... I actually remember the phone call quite vividly. When we, we were organising, I think it was the 100th? 200th. 200th show? 200th show. And he was, you were like, okay, we, we want to get Tim Franklin on. 
You make the call. Yes. I don't want to do it. Because, because, can we, just to clarify, there, there was a reason behind this, because we spent a good six months ripping shit into this guy, because, like, it was kind of, it, it all stemmed from, basically, I had a friend who was in JB Hi-Fi and was behind Tim Franklin in line. Now, apparently, according to her, he requested a discount because he was Tim Franklin. So you took that idea. I remember telling you that. We turned it into the No Tim segment. You which use is, that story. Which, which is still funny. We're going to hear some of that soon, I feel. We're going to have to... I think we have to do a recast. We will, we will play a bit of that for you very, very shortly for you to understand what we're talking about. And it was a running joke. It just it turned into, basically, we would come up with an elaborate story each week of what Tim Franklin is doing, from, from driving around in pink cars to uh, chatting up young girls at McDonald's Donald's. Um, no, Tim. So from that point on, we thought, we said, we're like, how great would this be if on our 200th episode, and we got the premiere of Tasmania on the show that day, but we were more nervous and excited for the fact that we got Tim fucking Franklin. That's because, <laughs> that's because we had been insulting him behind his back. <laughs> and we honestly were thought, like, how funny would it be if we get him on the show and just like, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Franklin, no, Tim, and like, kicked him off. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, sorry, back to your yeah, phone no, call. No, I, yeah. I'm on the phone call. I'm like, hi, can I speak to Mr. Tim Franklin? And the lady on the line goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get him for you. It's okay. And then he gets on and he's like, hi, this is Tim Franklin here. <laughs> Great impersonation. Sounds exactly like I him. I know. Sounds more like Peter Warhead. <laughs> Peter, how you doing? <laughs> and and he, I'm just, oh, I'm Josh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a co-host of The Brink on Edge Radio. Uh, can, can you come on? Uh, we've got our 200 show. And he's like... You're not, you're not shitting me, are you? <laughs> <laughs> you you're not, you're not going to, like, take the piss on me, are you? Oh, no, 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 Tim. No, 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 Tim. no, no Mr. Franklin, no. That was Mr. Franklin then. So, yes, Mr. Franklin. But, yeah, I think from that point on, like, once he came on the show and we... We developed a, a professional relationship with him. Oh, it was amazing. It was, and, like, because... Yeah, I've, 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 like, been to his house too, been to his office. His home office was... A museum unto itself. It was. It was incredible. And, you know, you like, yeah, we, we developed such a close friendship with him because when we had him on and he rocked up and, like, he really didn't say much to us when he arrived. Like, we were going, oh, God, this is like, you know, because, I mean, as anyone who used to listen to us, we, we always put on a big extravaganza for our every, like, hundred shows. Like, we'd make an event mm. out of it. Um... And, you know, at that point, that was the first ever time we'd ever had the premiere of Tasmania on the show. I mean, obviously, that became an, a, a recurrent okay, theme. Yeah, well, the whole back there, we had... Oh, we'd had Bartlett. Bartlett that was before, when David... Before he got the top So, top. yeah, the premiere, we, we... Again, this is like kind of like a reversion of the brink. People who are listening to this have no idea what the hell happened. So, we would always lay claim to basically starting the careers of people. Because that's what we do. We're awesome. Um, except for ours. Yeah, but <laughs> clearly that's why we're back doing a podcast. Um, it's nothing against podcasts. Podcasts are great. But so David Bartlett was the education minister, became the premier. Anyway, so we were like the first time a sitting premier as premier had been on the show. But we, again, turned out to be more daunted and scared by Tim Franklin, who really didn't say anything to us until he got on air. And then he warmed up to us, and then, like, you know, every time you got him on the show, you'd have to record the show, bring it over to his house on a disc. And, oh, yeah. And then, like, but, again, like, you would just get random phone calls. I mean, the biggest thing, I think, Tim Franklin, obviously, for us, um, in terms of 
uh, guests and everything along those lines. Obviously, household name really in country music circles now, the Wolf Brothers, who obviously mm. went on to great success in Australia's Got Talent and, you know, have, have won multiple awards and probably, you would say, Tasmania's biggest musical export in the last couple of years. Oh, yeah, definitely. He contacted me uh, several years before they even hit the big time and basically said, like, Ben, you know, my, my godson, he's part of this country band. They're going to be big. They're going to be huge. Get them on the show now before they hit the big time. And you'll enjoy it. And we did. I mean, the Wolf Brothers, they went on to be one of our most frequent guests before they got big, and then they got big, and then, you know, Tom Wolf even came on and guest-hosted an episode of The Brink at one point. So, um, I mean, Tim was just, like, in all seriousness, like, jokes aside... Just a, a unique individual. Um, I mean, he was very professional on air. He was a very professional presenter. You got him talking off air. You think I swear. That guy could <laughs> make a, a sailor blush. Um, yeah. And was very honest, very forthcoming, but very good at what he did. I mean, yes. outside of his broadcast career, he's obviously now uh, established Radar Promotions, a great advertising firm in this state, which, you know, offer, you know, very low-cut pricing. And no, I'm not just saying to try and get Radar Promotions on as a sponsor. Oh, yeah. They do great things. I've, I know from family experience what they can offer. And he's established that as a, as a very well-known established brand in this state. Mm. And even when he passed away last year, he did actually even make news on the mainland. Um, that's Yeah, well, that's, he, he was a Logie winner. He was an entertainer. He was a flamp... Oh, I can't even say that word anymore. But the thing with, with, with uh, Tim is the fact he... Uh, like, for me, I don't know. Like, for me, he was, like, he was like a mentor as well. Mm, absolutely. And he said some very kind things about us, extremely kind things about us, and um, often talked us up very highly. And mm. to, you know, all jokes aside about the fact that no one listened to us, uh, to have someone of that calibre in the Tasmanian radio industry speak that highly of us, I was always very honoured to have him say such things about us like that. Yes, no, definitely, and I, I totally agree with you on that. It was really sad when he passed away, and it, it, it's, it's in the past few years since I have been here in Tassie that I've lost a few friends, and like, that's one of the things I'm going to be doing here is visiting the, the resting places of those individuals and um, giving my respects, as unfortunately I was, I was not able to make their, their funerals, but... It is, there is a serious part to the brink. We we started here. The memories that we have from it, friends that we've made and continue to have because of the brink and all all the other extracurricular curricular, uh, podcasts and radio shows that we do. Everything stems back from Tim Medwin and another Tim Medzi. Yeah, that's it. Back in back in the sports journalism class at Elizabeth College, two thousand four. That's yes. it. Damn straight and. It, like it's just been a journey up it until has. now. It has. So, but, but the journey hasn't like it didn't stop. It's just been we've we've had a rest. We've had a rest. We've had a rest. We had a sit down. Yeah, I said, come on, boys, just go have take a long hard look at yourself and just have a rest. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to take an opportunity, at least in this first episode, back to to pay tribute to Tim, and we'll play in just a few moments a bit of no Tim and a bit of actual memories from the man himself before we move into the next part. But I just, I just, I felt that was a, a thing that we needed to do, given oh, yeah. that I'm sure that had we been on air when it happened, uh, we, I mean, we would have probably dedicated the entire week to Tim Franklin um, because clearly I think he deserved it. So, oh, yes. Um, Tim, uh, wherever you are right now in this grand big universe or whatever, 
know where he we, is. We, <laughs> you and I might differ, differ <laughs> on our opinions of where he is. But um, well, you telling me? No, <laughs> we we we're thinking of you, mate, and we obviously appreciate everything. So. That's yes, I think we can we can probably go. It was a little bit far to dedicate the show to him. Absolutely, this Hell's this yes. first episode clearly will be dedicated to him. But uh, we'll hear that in just a moment. Josh, thank you for being on this this very first rebooted episode. We've done what we've always done and talked about one thing and ended up talking about another. And here we are doing it. I'm clapping my hands apparently because I'm excited for it. But um, Hercules, 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 Hercules. Hercules. Uh, appreciate it. And yes, I'm sure whether or not I'm on the road or not, we can surely find time for us to still talk and you be on this show in the yes, future. that is a definite thing. I actually said, like, when I saw this post come up today... He didn't even know. I, I blindsided the, the co-founder of this show. I, I just went, I'm in. Just, that, that's it. I'm <laughs> in. Like, You're not going to ask me if I want to be on or not. I looked I'm at that. I thought the comment, I'm like, hang on a minute. The Brink commented on their own post. I'm like, all right, because you're an admin. You, you commented yeah. on it. And, yeah. I, and I wasn't even on the admin page. I was actually on, like, my normal Facebook Right, right, page. okay. I don't know why I did it as that. But I had that, like, when I was running for council in, in Bega, I had the same thing. I'd be commenting on things. I'd be commenting as me. And then the next minute I'd be commenting as... The politician me. The politician you. So there was Joshua Shoebridge me, and then there was Josh Shoebridge politician. <laughs> sounds like a... Yeah, I don't know what that sounds like. Uh, but yes, yeah, so we'll get you on again. Thank you, Josh. And, Thank you, Benny. And uh, let's, let's now hear uh, some classic No Tims, followed by the man himself, the late, great Tim Franklin. On the brink. Here we go. Let's listen to this. This week, I was walking down the street, and I uh, happened to see the old Radar 1 car drive past. <laughs> and little behold... You see Mr. Tim Franklin driving in the car with a pink shirt and a pink scarf on, looking like an Elton John wannabe. No, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Let's back that up a bit. The Radar 1 car. Well, you see, like, the, his car, his, his license plate number, Radar 1. That's what it is. <sighs> okay. It's like, what were you saying before you saw him on the Radar promotion ad? No, Tim. <laughs> Story for you, Ben. Yes, I I love a good story. Well, I was in line at a particular fast food restaurant this week. Fantastic. And and it's quite surprising because I have been on a health kick. I was buying a bottle of water. And in front of me, guess who it was? Tim Franklin. That's right. Really? Yep. Oh, what did you go? He he walked up to the counter and he ordered, like, you know, a large cheeseburger meal. And you were just like, no, Tim. No, no, it's more like he goes up and he he leans on the desk, on the counter, and, he goes, and it's the attractive cashier, who's like, 15, Tim, goes... You just call this 15-year-old attractive. No, I'm, you know what I mean. Shush. This is a story. <laughs> oh, something's going on there. It's a story, Ben. It's a story. Okay, this 15-year-old girl who's like, can I take your order, sir? And he's leaned up and he's like... Hey, darling. <laughs> Where are you going with this? Where are you going oh, with no. this? Okay, That's it. enough for me. It's like, would you be so kind to get me three large meals? I can't say what they are. It'll give the joint away. And then he goes, <laughs> and then he goes, I have a boat. And I just tapped him on the shoulder. I went, no, Tim. Josh, did this actually happen? I don't think it did. It did in the Tim Diaries. <laughs> Which will be released next year. <laughs>
him. As I said, it's, you're just a media legend. Everybody in this state knows who you are. Most people would say I'm a legend in my own lunchbox. In your own lunchbox. But that's lunchbox. okay, Ben. You can put it any way you want. But I've got to say congratulations to The Edge, who I listen to, and uh, my staff do too at Radar. Congratulations. It is no mean feat, having worked in Radio for about 20 years, in another lifetime. <laughs> it seems like that sometimes. And I appreciate very much being offered to come on air this morning. But 200 breakfast shows, mate, that is really something to be proud of for, the, for, for all the crew at uh, Edge Radio. Now, listen, uh, so you've got... You can judge, you know, that uh, who your most popular guest is. We've got the, the campaigns going. Uh, now, Ben, now, now tell me the truth. I'm telling come you. Come on, come on, come on. We have five people. We've got uh, each separate category. We have the favourite international guest, national guest, and local guest. Now, in the local guest, you're one of five candidates. Uh-huh. And I can tell you right now, as I said, the, the results, we will announce it straight after this interview, Tim, to say who is the most popular Tasmanian guest. But as of right now, recording this interview, you are neck and neck with Adam Cousins. Be bugged. Absolutely. And I heard, and I read in the Mercury, or Lara may have told me this, that first prize, if I come in first, it's a return trip for two. Get ready, folks, to Longceston. Of which the best part is the rear vision mirror. (laughs) The key aspect of that, Tim, is the return trip. So you don't actually have to stay in Longceston, you come back. (laughs) Yeah. So the, the return is the prize there, really. You can just rock up to Launceston. Oh, Launceston blinked. Oh, there it was. And you go back to Hobart. Yeah, oh, it's a top spot. <laughs> now, one of our favourite segments from our show previously that we used to do when we were on the air on Edge Radio was a segment called Fail or No Fail. Now, this segment basically involved us telling a silly story that was true and then saying whether or not it was a fail or a no fail. Uh, if you are completely unfamiliar with it, let's hear how the segment introduction for that segment used to sound. Fail or no fail. Yes, fail or no fail. Very high-tech, professional-sounding uh, sound bites we did used to have back in the day uh, on Edge Radio. But uh, we're going to sort of rejig slightly when it comes to this segment now and uh, bring you it in a little bit more of a different light. We're not necessarily going to say whether it's a fail or a no fail. We just thought we would bring you this segment rebooted just like we have been in a brand spanking new segment we like to call wow that is news and we've even got a fancy new introduction which i believe we might hear right about now sounds so proper and formal i feel like i'm actually going to be bringing you some news that is important which in all seriousness uh you're about to hear that really it isn't important now i will reiterate all these news stories i am reading you are true we're not making these up we will even bring you sources if you want to be able to go and look these up yourself so we're going to start off with one right about now this is brought to you by our good old friends at news.com.au now uh, long-term listeners of the show would know that we loved news.com.au often brought us content that really wasn't even in the weird and wacky file just by pretending to be journalists but anyway this is in their weird and wacky uh, basket and this is one particularly for our international guests who maybe aren't listening to us from Australia and don't know too much uh, in regards to actual animals and things like that. Now, obviously, a lot of people think Australia, everything here will kill you, animals galore. This one might kind of prove those stereotypes because a lady in Mona, in uh, just South Australia, south of Adelaide, uh, found a snake in her beloved 
Ugboot, a brown snake, of course, which um, aren't exactly the safest ones. She saw the uh, tail uh, of it disappearing into her footwear and immediately called Snake Catchers Adelaide, that's such a very well-known organisation over there, obviously, to come and evict the reptile. Now, Snake Catcher and Broadstock told the Adelaide Adelaide advertiser, we got a call from a woman saying she'd seen the tail of a snake going into Ugg boot. When we got there, it was all snuggled up in the boot, so we just popped the whole thing in a bag. Now, there's photos of this uh, via the Snake Catchers Adelaide Facebook page. Now, it was one metres long, one metre and um, and will now stay with Snake Catchers Adelaide until warmer weather when it will be released back into the wild. Now, just uh, for those at home who don't know too much about the brown snake, it was eventually identified as an eastern brown snake, uh, often uh, shy, very uh, docile creatures. just happened to be the second most venomous snake in the world. So I guess... By uh, hearing this, you might be checking your Ugg boots uh, a little bit closely uh, when you go to put them on. So uh, usually, of course, back in the day, we'd say whether that's a fail or no fail. Right now, I'm just bringing you the news to simply say that uh, a lady found a snake in a Ugg boot. Uh, quite interesting. Still on news.com.au, we've got another one here. Uh, this one heading over, though, to America. We're not in Australia anymore. Um about a university student who submitted a drunken note to her professor instead of her assignment, complete with the sign-off, I love you, tacked on the end. Now, McKenna Clark, a student at the University of Wisconsin-Richland, realised she had forgotten to do a criminal justice assignment one evening after a night out and knew she had to submit something. She had been given the assignment of debating whether it should be illegal to kiss on the train. Now, she started the essay by declaring, My name is McKenna. I had some Dr. Peppers. I am doing good. Before admitting, your assignment is way too hard. I can't do it right now. Proud of what she had done, McKenna then even said, You're welcome, once she had finished the paragraph, and then signed the unorthodox note by saying, Love you. Now, uh, she posted this to Twitter. It has received over 100,000 likes. Uh, to which some replies have come out and said, you have more sensible justice policy while hammered than many prosecutors I know. I'd hire. Uh, but sadly, Miss Clark has uh, not revealed her teacher's reaction to her assignment or what grade she was even given to her work. This is probably more so in the basket of why on earth is this a new story? But uh, I still thought it was kind of fun to go across there and perhaps see why uh, this made a new story and also see if there was any... Uh, Revelation at the end there, but clearly not. Uh, anyway, so just if you're out there perhaps and you're getting ready to submit an assignment, do it properly and don't maybe send a, a drunken note to your professor because that perhaps uh, won't be a good idea. Uh, here's another one, but this one we're heading to mirror.co.uk. Um, an article here in regards to flight attendants uh, revealing the things that they never tell passengers about flying. Now, there seems to be quite a... Uh, a, a long string of articles online in regards to flying. It seems to be a common trend. People always want to know about flying. And uh, given that I'm going to be on a plane very shortly and taking this show on the road, maybe this is going to give me something to think about. Not too sure, though, if I'm too keen about this because uh, one of the flight attendants, Ishrat Parveen, this was all done, I should say, in a Q&A on a website, Quora, uh, where basically the question was asked, what do flight attendants know about flying that they don't tell passengers? And these are some of the answers. Ishrat Parveen, a flight attendant, clearly that's why we're reading these, said that the most unhygienic thing on the aircraft is your seatbelt and the tray tables. 
So if you're ever on a plane and you're thinking, oh, I don't want to go to the toilet, they're unhygienic and all this sort of stuff, and you probably don't want to touch your seatbelt and your tray tables um, because, yes, that's kind of interesting. And also, uh, Ishrat admitted that the uh, plane food uh, is frozen and kept up for 72 hours. Wow, this is really putting me off flying in a couple of days. But perhaps a lot of people, maybe if you're listening to us on an airplane, then this is probably going to come in handy. Uh, another flight attendant, Anya Mary admitted that another thing is that landing in the rain can be bumpier because a plane needs to touch the runway hard to avoid aquaplaning. So the next time you have a rough landing, keep in mind that although pilots are usually judged by their landing skills, hard landing is necessary and correct a safe way to land the machine. Well, there you go. That one's not too bad. So if you're about to land in the rain, expect a bumpy light uh, landing. Um, Anya also admitted that... Uh, don't be afraid of lightning because some people uh, are obviously afraid of lightning when you're in the sky, but uh, planes apparently get struck by lightning all the time. Uh, the engineers take care of that uh, with the construction, so it withstands the stress. So maybe it's probably a good thing you get struck by lightning. Um, Anya, she's very knowledgeable, this Anya, the flight attendant, uh, saying that turbulence, not dangerous. Uh, basically, the plane, again, designed to withstand the stress. Um, and basically, for parts, it's just an annoying obstacle they try to avoid to make sure that the passengers have a stress-free flight. Um, and we're back to Ishrat. So only two flight attendants here were being honest. The rest, obviously, were busy. Um, had some helpful tips about health on plane. She said, avoid flying if you have severe colds. It can damage your eardrums and you may lose your hearing. Well, there you go. Happened to me once. Well, if you perhaps maybe you got a cold right now, you're not hearing us. That's probably a good thing. Um, so yes, saying that she had it once, couldn't hear properly for a week. Um, there you go. And also said that if you have air sickness, taking medicine in flight will never help you. Um, so that's more not really uh, weird news. It's more a case of uh, slightly sort of in information, good information there. Uh, one more we'll go for you here, uh, again, on mirror.co.uk. A blind hoarder has discovered the dead body of son missing for 20 years upstairs amongst their junk. Now, uh, this hoarder had obviously wondered what had become of her son uh, 20 years ago. Uh, and then, yeah, has discovered that the body has been up there the whole time. There was so much junk and bad smells, she apparently had no idea. Now, this was in New York, and authorities say they believe the woman thought he had simply left home without saying anything. Uh, now, this is um, in Avenue N near East 22nd Street. The mother is quite elderly now, been living with skeletal remains for as long as 20 years, according to the New York Post. She is legally blind and may not even know he was there, according to the NYPD, who uh, spoke to the paper. This was discovered on the 15th of September when a relative arrived at her home in Midwood, um, and they were basically going through this room full of items, and her sister-in-law, Josette, found a completely intact skeleton dressed in jeans, socks, and a shirt lying on its back, a thin mattress on the floor. Um, so that is, wow. Uh, so perhaps again, if you've missed your, misplaced a child, um, haven't seen them for a while, um, maybe you need to go check upstairs if you uh, haven't in a while. That's kind of freaky, actually, but, uh, also sad at the same time. So, uh, wow. There you go. Uh, thank you to the mirror.co.uk. And there's, uh, our first ever edition of that. I think we're going to close it out with a bit of music right now. I'm hearing that. That sounds a good way to... Close act segment. I'm sure this will improve as we move along, perhaps in the future. 
Now, while we may have been off the airwaves full-time since January in 2015, we didn't completely go away 100%. We did maintain our presence in regards to ice hockey commentary in Hobart. Now, uh, the weekend that has just passed saw the 2016 Tasmanian Ice Hockey League Grand Final, the Van Diemen's League. It was our sixth Grand Final that we covered. It was between the Cougars and the Falcons. Now, the Falcons were going for their fourth consecutive premiership. The Cougars looking for their first win since 2012. Uh, you can download the full match commentary with myself and Dakota via icehockeytasmania.com. But we're going to play for you the closing moments of that game to see who wins the Premiership for 2016. Let's uh, check out the final moments of that match. Fox can uh, add it fourth to the tally. But you can't take away from the Cougars' performance tonight, though, Dakota. The Falcons, while they haven't exactly been the team that we expected them to be, they do look tired. Perhaps those extra games, I mean, a double overtime game the other night definitely would have taken it out of them, but still can't take away from their achievements, Dakota, over the last few years, three in a row, making four grand finals in a row. Definitely uh, a team that will bounce back next season in the new competition. But the Cougars are now 38 seconds away from tasting Premiership, winning a grand final for the first time since 2012. The Falcons want to get a late one here, but they're not going to. The crowd's still cheering on the Falcons. They've been brave in this last period, the Falcons. But again, it's not to be. 24 seconds away now, the Cougars, from winning this one. Face off right in front of the Cougars bench. The smiles are starting to appear on their faces. The Cougars, can they get a last one here to really put the icing on the cake? Pike might get one here for the Falcons. He gets pushed out of it well by Katinas. Well wide there, and Charlie Pike with the wraparound. Oh, somehow Barella! How did Barella save that one? Now, I don't think it's crossed the line. Pike had a wide open net. There he is. He's just shaking his head going, how the hell did I miss that one? Barella, I think he wrapped it around and Barella somehow got it and then pushed out of it. Sums up the Falcons' evening. Seven seconds away from the Cougars winning this premiership. Here's an opportunity for Rogers to get a late goal. He has a chance out of it. It's not going to matter because the Cougars are going to be premiers. There it is. The Cougars win the grand final. The crowd love it. The Cougars are hugging. They're on the bench. The helmets are off. Katinas and Fall give each other the man hug. A sterling effort tonight. Stop the pressure of the late fight back from the Falcons and caps off an incredible year by the Cougars. They are the 2016 premiers of the Van Diemen's League. Dakota Leary. The Falcons dynasty, it's over. Um, yeah, it is. Um, I don't know, I'm speechless. You're speechless? I want to cry. You want to cry? I do. We'll have a cry, go on. Let's listen to the Cougars now. is 
a premiership chant if I've ever heard one in my life. Couldn't agree with myself more there. 15-9, the Cougars ended up winning that one in a great game. It was uh, sort of one-sided for most of it. The third period, the Falcons came alive, got to within a couple of goals after trailing for most of the match by upwards of eight goals. But Cougars held their nerve, only lost one game all season, deserved champions. Congratulations to them. And uh, not 100%, as we sort of mentioned on the night. Whether or not we'll be back commentating uh, the season again in 2017, might not even be in the state to be able to do that. We'll see how we go, but uh, anybody in the beautiful city of Hobart, state of Tasmania really, icehockeytasmania.com, you can find out where to play this sport, and uh, really, if you're looking for a great time, know how to skate, and want to play with a good bunch of guys and girls, then uh, definitely give it a crack, because it is uh, definitely a fun sport to observe, and uh, especially one that is not as big in Australia as it is in uh, North America, but definitely recommend it easily, go out and do it, and play ice hockey, it's great. Brand new segment we're going to be trialling here on the Brinks version of the podcast is something where we go back in time and hear some classic highlights. Now, I know we've technically already done that on this episode, but this is more so a regular where it'll only happen once per episode. This was just sort of a special episode in remembering the late, great Tim Franklin. And uh, there really is no other way of calling this segment except uh, what we're about to do by going into this lovely brand making new introduction. This is like a Flashback. Yes, we are going back in time to relive a classic moment from Hobart's fourth favourite radio show, at least up until 2015. Now, uh, everybody who loved us and listened to us, both of you, would remember a wide variety of things from over the years. And one such thing, which we thought was very appropriate, given the week that we are releasing this, is uh, we had a long-running bet between co-hosts. So, obviously, throughout the uh, 11 or so years on air, myself and uh, a bunch of other people shared the chairs of the brink. We had a variety of different hosts over the years. And, of course, a variety of different hosts means a variety of different opinions. When it came to sporting teams, particularly AFL teams, we would have different teams that we would root for. And we had a long-running bet that whenever our teams would play each other in a game during the season, whosever team lost, the person whose team lost then had to sing the other host's theme song. So essentially, as a Carlton supporter, my team lost a lot. So therefore, when my team lost, I had to sing the opposing team's song. Hope you're trying to follow along here. So back in 2011, uh, we had a co-host called Kelly. And Kelly was a mad, one-eyed Western Bulldog supporter. You see where I'm going with this? Of course, this week's AFL Grand Final is between the Western Bulldogs and Sydney Swans. Now, the Western Bulldogs have not made a Grand Final since 1961 and only have the one premiership which they've won in the 1950s. So it's a big thing right now in Australia. Everybody's getting behind the doggies because there's big sentimental favouritism for them unless you're a Sydney Swans supporter. Back in 2011, Mike Carlton played Kelly's Bulldogs. Obviously, Carlton lost. Therefore, I had to sing the Western Bulldogs song. Thought it was appropriate that for our very first edition of Flashback here in the Brink Podcast, we go back to 2011 and hear the segment where I had to sing the song that hopefully will be playing after the siren after the grand final this Saturday afternoon. Let's go back to 2011. I think we should get the song out done. of the way. I think we should pump it up. Oh. Pump up AFL time. Yes. You've got two keen Bulldog supporters in the studio. Yes, we do. You've uh, you've jumped on the bandwagon, I suppose, because you've won four in a row and you think, oh, it's our year. We've won, we've won four in a row and we bet your Colton, your Colton <sighs> lose. 
So now... The funny thing is, though, the fact that you've uh, won four in a row, we've only lost four games for the year. So, you know... Well, we've won more than four. What, like five? No, like seven or something. But All right. That's not the point. You have to sing yes. the Bulldog song. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we always have running bets on this show between the hosts, whoever's team, when they play each other, should the other team person, whatever, lose and the other... And one... lucky for you, we only play we only play each other once this year. Well, come finals. Because you have to sing it twice. Possibly we might meet each other in the finals the way we're going. But uh, look, um, I'm going to have to sing this... Damn Bulldog song. Yep. And uh, I'm not singing it with gusto, all right? <laughs> this is, this is, I'll get as passionate as I get. I've got the lyrics in front of me because I, yeah. Are we right. ready for this? Go. Do we have to get this over and done with now? Yep. All right. Sounds so childish. Sons of the West. Red, white, and blue. We come at snowing. Bulldogs through and through. Bulldogs bite and roar. We give our very best, well, at least four weeks of the year. But you can't beat the boys of the Bulldogs breed. We're the team of the mighty West who can only win one premiership in 100 years. Oh, did that slip out at the end? All right, that's enough. Is that over and done with? It is. Are we happy? I'm very happy. Are we? Are the Bulldogs supporters in the studio happy? My yes, mum yes, likes I'm it. Happy. Does she? Yeah, my does, mum likes it. Does she go for the Bulldogs as well? No. Does she? Who did she go for? She goes thank you, Oh really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. How did you? Who did your dad go for? Hawthorne. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried for your family. And uh, my look- sister goes for Richmond, so. She's oh Jesus her. Christ! You've got a whole family of everyone. You were saying before about guys in cast, right? Everyone goes for a different team as well. I liked it when we had the Wolf Brothers on because all of them went for Carlton. (laughs) Very intelligent guys, the Wolf Brothers. Uh, Yes, that was 2011, uh, me singing the Western Bulldogs song back when uh, Kelly was a co-host there. So, yes, each episode, a classic flashback we will bring you uh, each time. So uh, get excited for that because I know, for one, I'm very excited to bring you some uh, great memories from the show uh, across our long history. That just about brings us to the close of the very first episode of the rebooted Brink the Brink podcast. How fun and exciting it is to be back. Potentially the last episode that I will be doing here in Hobart. Not sure if any more content will be recorded for the next episode before I leave, but more than likely it won't be. So um, kind of a bit sad and a bit interesting moving forward i guess but uh, we'll see how we go along the road now before we do go before i wrap it all up with 101 different plugs because that's what we can do on podcasts because that's what we can get away with as we just heard previously afl grand final happening this saturday i am going i have never ever been to an afl grand final in my entire life and yes i realize that carlton aren't playing yes i realize carlton probably aren't going to play in an afl grand final until at least i'm 50 but I'm going to experience it. I got tickets. I'm so excited for it. And an average... um, And an annual thing that we would always do on the episode before the AFL Grand Final, we'd always have sort of our Grand Final edition. We'd get people pumped up and get excited, ready to go for the big game, is we'd always play both the club songs to really get you in the mood. Now, I guess we technically did that with the Doggies before, but I thought maybe we'd do it a little bit proper. So we'll start off with the song that have been heard in the grand final, three of the last five of them, the Sydney Swans, they're back in it again. Let's uh, get all those Sydney supporters out there pumped up a little bit by playing a little bit of this. Cheers. 
I think a lot of us are kind of sick of hearing that. Yes, we get it. I mean, it's not Hawthorne. We realise that. So uh, there you go. Sydney Swan supporters getting excited. But as we fade that one out, we don't want to hear that. We want to hear this one because, as I mentioned before, the first time since 1961 that this team has ever made the AFL Grand Final. People talk about long-suffering fans. The Western Bulldogs have the longest-suffering fans in all of the AFL. They have now broken the longest drought between Grand Final appearances, and that now uh, that falls on Richmond supporters, but we won't touch on that one. But let's hear this song, because unless you're a Sydney supporter, as I mentioned, everybody is going for the bullies, uh, the doggies, more, more so, not the bullies, they're not bullies, the doggies on Saturday, and let's hear a bit of this now. doesn't it for the big game this Saturday and uh, I'm hoping that I can bring a bit of content from the grand final I'll try and record a bit of a package and talk up being at the grand final at least some experiences in the lead up to it so that will be no doubt on episode two so enjoy the AFL grand final wherever you are in Australia or if you're overseas and perhaps have no idea what I'm talking about again look it up it's worth a look and definitely uh, it is the biggest sporting event in Australia. So definitely check it out if you can. Now, uh, yes, again, episode one is done and dusted. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we have uh, scrapped the website, but we're still on Facebook. If you do want to get in contact with us and sort of send out a g'day, a cheerio, send us a message, comment, uh, anything along those lines, or just stay up to date with what's happening, you can head to facebook.com forward slash Brink Radio Show. And we would love for you, obviously, to like our page as well. Um, we will we keep you up to date with everything on that page posting all our links and uh there'll be a variety of photos and everything along those lines too uh but yes so that is www.facebook.com forward slash the brink radio show make sure you put the the in there just don't forget it like i did as well you can subscribe to us uh the best way to get these episodes direct into your speakers is if you head to wooshka.com that is w-h-o-o-s-h-k-a-a.com we have the link on our facebook page easiest way to get there you you can find our RSS feed there, which you can subscribe to, or search for us on iTunes. We are on iTunes. That is the easiest way, obviously, for your podcasting needs. Or if you do not use iTunes, there are a variety of other services in which you can subscribe to us on as well. Now, we also will have a YouTube channel up and running. Find that link on our Facebook page. We'll be submitting that there once we get that up and running as well. And for those who give two shits about me, perhaps, hi, mum, again, um, I will be uh, maintaining a personal sort of travel blog along the way, which will kind of include a bit more info, perhaps, that you might not hear on the show um, or see on the videos that we do on YouTube as well. So for that one, you can head to Benjam International, all lowercase, all one word, 
Com. That is Benjam International, B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N-T-E-R-N-A-T-I-O-N-A-L, got there, dot wordpress.com. And uh, see a little bit there, see a bit more behind the scenes and uh, perhaps if you're interested as well. So uh, big thanks to everybody who's listened to us. Big thanks to our podcast server again, Wooshka, and our chosen sponsor search for today apparently was McDonald's or Macca's. Um, go out and buy their burgers. They're great. Uh, they've got the Monopoly promotion on in Australia at the moment. You can win stuff. I won a Big Mac, um, which is great. So you could win a Big Mac too. But uh, thank you again. I'm going to say thank you 101 times because it's great to be back. So happy to be back and so happy that I can finally say this sentence for the first time in over 18 months. Until next time, keep sucking those oranges, Hobart, and good night. <laughs>